we're on. Okay. Here we are. This is Musician Backstory Beat, and I'm Dennis O'Neill. My guest today is Sean Ryan. He's a well-known musician in Philadelphia. Your acoustic rock show can be seen all over Philadelphia, wowing crowds with your endless catalog of acoustic rock classics. You're a current member of Tacony Noise and Frontman cover band. You're consistently giving back to the people of Philadelphia, using your talent and knowledge and playing benefit concerts that donate to those individuals with life-threatening and exceptional challenges. You are also the former manager and father of Bianca Ryan, American singer and songwriter, recording artist from Philadelphia and the first winner of America's Got Talent at the age of 11 in 2006. And most recently, America's Got Talent, the champions. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'm so glad you're here. So, first of all, maybe we just should go back to the beginning. Um, it was so 1966, my mom and dad were having sex. Well, not that <laughs> beginning. We know that that's the beginning for most people, but... Um, we're talking about your music, but that, that is important because, <laughs> because without that, nothing would happen. Right. But, so how long have you been like playing, you know, and, and um, performing? I actually, I actually started playing um, later than a normal the kids in my neighborhood were playing. They started playing really young, certainly like around 11 and 12. Right. And I actually didn't get my first guitar until I was about 15. And then um, from there, I, t I took a couple lessons. I had, a, I had a, a, an old guy on my block. He was an old jazz guitar player. Oh. And he used to play with, um, I mean, he knew um, uh, Les Paul. And it's, really? yeah, which was actually really, there's a story in that too. But um, Les Paul gave him one of, uh, 50, one of the 59 Les Pauls. Like these, the Les Pauls are like treasured. Okay. He gave it to him in like 1962 before nobody knew that it was being treasured. It was still just kind of a, a new guitar. You know what I mean? So um, he gave him that guitar. So I actually was held and played in 1959. Right, the <laughs> there were only 59 made, so it's very valuable. Yeah, they were. And him, this guy, my guitar teacher's name was Ralph Mary. And him and, um, uh, what was the guy's name? Bruno. Um, Jimmy Bruno from Philadelphia, who's also a famous guitar player. They're, really? Yeah, they were really, they're older guys. They're like, I mean, my guitar teacher's dead. Jimmy Bruno's got to be late 70s early 80s by now yeah okay so you took lessons from these guys right yeah yeah i mean, it was uh and it was really strange because it was they were jazz they were jazz guitar players i learned all this jazz and i thought it's like when i was in high school and i was learning house where i thought i'm not ever use this i'm not gonna right. use this this is not so my... was it really difficult learning that way it was yeah some of them it was because you had to like they were this it was not like it was like a science you had to do it this then this then this hold this chord here hold that chord here and um, you know, we know a couple chords when he said to me, you need to know from the first to the fifth fret, you need to find the same chord in, uh, in, in 12 different positions in that. So you're like playing by ear almost, uh, immediately or. No, no. Read. You had to read. Oh. Yeah. They wanted you to read right away. Then. But you had to figure it out, which is more difficult. Most people just look at chords and learn them. But now you say, Hey, go down the fretboard. That's kind of advanced. I would say. Oh, uh, they were, he was, he was, yeah, it was pretty strict. So, um. I did that for about six months, and he got sick. So I only had six months worth of of uh, lessons from this guy, but it was so intense 
that like other musicians, they say, where did you learn that from? With right. you know, it's I would a, be playing. And if you hit a wrong chord, you had like this, like a, a pointers and whack, whack right in the hand. You didn't think I heard that? I was like, oh, sorry. It's He's like, pretty strict. It's like um, Karate Kid or something. Or, well, not Karate Kid. <laughs> getting whacked. That's how they used to teach me. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so you only had the six months of lessons, and then did you learn on your own after that? Well, yeah. Then it was all, I, like, most everything I learned was from a ear. Ear and, uh, and then the, you know, the knowledge that I had from this guy to put to once you hear like the first chord, you kind of once you know the first and then the second chord, you know where the rest of the songs go. Right, most part. There, right. There's it a, follows a pattern. There's a pattern, right? And then once you find the turnaround, the last chord, then it's the same. It's so crazy. every song you learned like that, you kind of figured it out that way. Yeah, my ear. Yeah. But do you read music actually now? I, I well, I'm not as good as I used to. Before, I used to have to like. That, that was the other thing. I had to read the chords and play the melodies at the same time. So I'd be playing. I had to put all the like, you had to make the singing parts uh, with the chords. Like it's like playing the piano or you're playing the bass part. Yeah, with, with, with the chords. Yeah. With the melody. Yeah. Chords, right, melody. that's like blues in a way, isn't it? Or like a walking pattern. Or maybe I'm not. Yeah, it could be a little bit, but this was... Like I said, this was more as everything's precise. There was no bending of the strings, like no it, You had to go up to get the note and come back down. Right. Yeah, All sliding. Yeah, a lot of the jazz guys. They don't. If you ever watch them, they don't. They don't do they don't any bend. bending. Really? Not the old school guys. Nah. No. Why? Nah. Why do? Why do they think like that? I don't understand. You know, well, it's I, just not. Yeah, I guess nobody. You know, I don't know whether it was nobody thought of it or maybe they thought as soon as you. It's bend, you're a purist in a way. Or? It could be that, and then I, I thought, well, maybe because their their ears are so key. Once you stretch a string, it does come out of tune. Like Unless you micro. have a locking nut or something. Yeah. Like today. Yeah, but even like that, even micro, because you you just stretched. True. There's a, but it's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't really. <laughs> right. But do they play like fast like scales too? Oh yeah, these these They're guys like, do. The, oh, that's yeah. That's their bread and butter. Yeah, it is right. Oh yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah. That was definitely their um. The techniques and yeah. so um you were on your own after the six months so then what did you do next did you um well he during that time his daughter was in a band called stitches and um stitches is that the band stitches from years ago yeah yeah them. that was his daughter's band oh but i started playing with them when i was 15 years old i might have seen you I, oh. I, they used to be like tour around oh we did yeah yeah maryland delaware jersey pennsylvania yeah, I knew this girl who used to follow the band. She went to every show. Oh, they were they were awesome. Yeah, they were great. Who's the other guitarist in there? Um, I probably knew him, but nah, I guess maybe they had a personal change. They, they did. There this was, could have been oh, the '80s or something. There's only one guy that stayed there, and I think he was the original. So I mean, I, I yeah, I played about. I only played about, I guess, about five or six shows with him. And then, uh, well, then it's, it's how the band kind of ended at that time is the van got robbed of all her equipment. Oh really? It was where, like stalwart. <laughs> where were you playing? Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of neighborhood. Or that was nah. They actually it was an art my neighborhood, and they parked the van down the block. Like Gahoolies and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right over there. Different. There were, well, the one uh, God was the place right over the Tacony Bridge. Played there. Uh, what was that called? Oh, uh, the, wood, the woodbine. The woodbine. Woodbine. Um, 
place yeah. called Franchines. We used to play Franchines or Fran yeah Franchines. Okay. That was something that. like that. Um, I played down the shore with them at a couple places like. Um, uh, yeah, I mean in Wildwood back then it was really cool because a band would get booked for a whole summer at a sh at, at a bar in the shore. Right, there was a lot yeah. of different. I can't remember all their names. They used to specialize or they would play a certain music, Jethro Tull, or I can't remember, Hide Your Daughters or something. Do you remember that, that group? I do. Remember, remember Slider? You know, Mike oh, yeah, Tom. Sure, yeah, yeah. Now, he was around the same time yeah. as you. Yeah. He was playing. Yeah, yeah he was actually, he, he uh, was with um, Stitches for a small bit. You're kidding me. Nah, nah, for a little bit. And then um, he got into a group, was it... I guess it was. It wasn't Slider right away. He was in another group. Uh, now, I the name of it. I know was, that the Hayes brothers, do you know any of them? The drummer and the... I know all of them I never oh, met. Probably, yeah. yeah. I'm just going over that. But he was in the... Yeah, I don't know his whole history, but I remember... You know, oh, man. Mike, it was, he was a fantastic. When you go see Mike, when you go see Mike LeCamp, it was, it was like, I knew back then, like, Mike's... Mike's gonna be something. I know, and he was only twenty <laughs> years old or something at the time, and yeah, that yeah. was the slider, like I'm saying. But yeah, he was a little, he was a little bit older than me. He's about, I guess, about three years older than me. Yeah, or maybe six, actually. I think is he? Is. Oh, yeah. is he? Yeah, because at the time I thought he didn't seem too much older. But yeah, like, this was like the early '80s, oh, and he was like burning it up back then. He was. Yeah, I remember he showed up at one show for the. Um, I guess it was, I don't know if it was Slider that was a different group he was in. I can't remember the name. Yeah, I can't remember the group after. Or you're saying it's before. There was before that group, before Slider. Maybe. Yeah. And I, I just remember um, there were girls crying in the audience for that no guy. Oh, I was like, I said, no, this guy, this is him. He's like, he's the dude. He's the guy you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> he's the, yeah, so the, he's probably an influence to you, like a local. Person. Yeah, he was. He really was. Yeah. Right. So, um, now, who did you say when you were starting out? Who did you admire, like guitar players back then? Uh, I guess. Well, how I really got him, like how I started. I loved music since I was a kid. I was around it all my whole life. My my grandma would listen. My grandma was a big uh, Motown R and B. Okay. Like my my grandfather listened to like real older stuff, really weird, like I mean, strange stuff like Al Jones. But like R and B? Oh no, no, no not like that old. Oh. Big Even Cross, big bands, yeah, big Frank bands. Sinatra. Yes, yeah. So he listened to that. Okay. My father would listen to Irish music all the time, so I heard I heard all of us all these influences. So um, that's why I got really involved in music. I went to go see the Rolling Stones in 1981. Okay. Oh, JFK. Yeah, no. JFK Stadium. Oh, I was yeah. there. Yeah, I was there for both days. Journey. What a what a crazy time, boy. Yeah, that was a great. Time. It was nuts. Yeah. Um, I went down to the concert on Thursday. I left Thursday night, and I came back Tuesday morning. <laughs> What happened there? We want, we want to know that story. It was a good show. <laughs> it was a good show. I just I found a bunch of like these. Um, I met this one girl. She was she was older than a lot older than me at the time. Okay. Seemed like that. And um, she was a biker. And like, you want to hang out with us? Because I lost the people that I was with. And really? I said, Yeah, I'll hang out with you. So I wound up hanging out with them. Next thing I know, that Friday night we go down by the uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia International Airport. Big party. I was like hundreds of bikers show up. Like these guys all know, and they're just partying all night. Party with them. The next day, I drove back with them. Saturday, I went to the concert at Saturday at JFK again. Oh. Did that? Oh, it was crazy. No, oh, God, it was nuts. And you were at the biker page, right? At the, yeah, it was the biker page. Yeah. All right. That sounds. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. I was a free spirit. So I was like, let's 
Alright, let's do it. Just like wherever we end up. That's it. That's how it was. At least you saw the concert though. It wasn't like that, right? No, <laughs> that was good. Concert I did. Concert was great. Um I remember going in there thinking, wow, Mick Jagger doesn't sound sing as good as he does on the on the album. You know yeah. what I mean? Back then he didn't because they were still you know, I guess they were still messed up. Start me up. That was the first song first song I think, right? Yeah, that's what they came out with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um George Thurgood opened up for them. Oh, Journey. yeah, George Thurgood. I know Journey, Journey played for like 45 minutes. Or well, something. no, the first day they played, I don't even know if it was that long. And they were like, there was something happening between the band members. And they weren't playing, but they were like pissed. I don't know what, really? how to explain it, but they got booed off the stage. They, they, the people were literally booing them off the stage. I know because they played hardly at all. And it's like, what is this? This is Journey. They have all these songs. But they left. But I have to say, Saturday, they made up for that. Right. Oh, they just came out and they just tore that place up. Saturday's when I probably that's the one I didn't see. The, when I seen Saturday, I was like, "Now that's the journey." I right. Yeah. Back when Steve Perry, yeah, they were great. But um, are you saying like the Rolling Stones or are they? Oh, they were my biggest influence. I think when I seen that, I thought something. It's I. It's something. And I want to say this might sound strange to people, but something spiritually happened to me that day where I thought, "This is." I'm here for. This was not chemical, right? No, <laughs> no I wasn't even doing nothing. That. I didn't do nothing. I didn't do All right. All right. So I was like, just... this is, you know, I drank back then, but not, I wasn't drinking then. Was... But th is this, were you playing guitar at this no, time? No, I wasn't. Oh, no. so this is probably the, right mo before. Yeah, the right moment before. that led you to pick up the guitar. It was. It really was. That was. Because I was going to ask that question. That's when you played. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was the moment. That's when I knew something. You gotta, this is what you're here to do. This is for me. And um, you've never experienced it like that. No, no. And and that feeling that I felt never went away. It's still, it's the strangest thing in the world. When I tell people it's like this weird thing that just happened that day and it's never. Right, it became like a, re a religion. Oh, it, like it, it definitely <laughs> was something, I don't know if you wanna call it spiritual, but it was definitely something that affected me. And, and you felt it, you, you were like, poof, you knew at that moment, you're like, wow, this is it. You have to be part of this, so yes. what do I do yes. next? Or right, yeah. So is it like Keith Richard or Ron Wood, are they your guys, did they? Nah, nah, I don't, I don't even think they're that great guitar players. No, it just was. <laughs> there was something that just happened, you know right. what I mean? And it happened during the Stones concert, so I, so I assumed that that was, that was the connection. That was the reason. That's like your baptism or something. <laughs> Almost. It was, it was a weird thing. But, um, uh, so soon after that, you um, picked up the guitar, you're saying, or you went? Yeah, actually, um, I would say probably about mm, six months later. Six months. Yeah, I got the guitar. Because at first I thought, yeah, I want to start singing. I was singing in groups. And, um, really? Uh, but, you know, the, the garage bands and, like, we could... You know, right? You know, they were doing like uh, all the Black Sabbath and the Dio and all like that stuff, which I like. Oh, I mean, I love all heavy that. Metal yeah, well, most of the guys were doing that. Like your dark period. <laughs> it, it was no, it was everybody was starting to get into the um to that, and the, you know, and not the classic rock. Nobody was like now. Kids are playing Led Zeppelin. Back then, they weren't playing Led Zeppelin. They were playing Dio, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. Iron Maiden. You know, things like oh, that. Oh, uh, Deep Purple. Yeah, all that kind of like stuff, like that kind of. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Machine Head, that album, I remember. Yeah, yeah. so it was... Um, Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Ozzy was huge. Because that, coming out at that time, nobody heard anything like that. Nah. 
Nobody played music. Nah, no, they didn't. They didn't. You know, I, I don't know because it was more because now that the you know technology advanced so much, we were able to get these different sounds. Now you couldn't get back then. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, when Keith Richards did Satisfaction, that was the first time somebody heard an overdrive on a recording. It was okay, you know, right? You know that, that would floored people. They're like, "What is that?" You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and you know, young people they want to be different from their parents. I think sometimes so they yeah. go towards the extreme. Even yeah. today, we don't like what they like or something in a way, right? Right. Yeah, it's true. Kind of. Yeah. That's just my spin. What was your like first guitar that you actually got? I, I bought a an electric guitar. It was um an old like Sears guitar that I bought oh. for my brother for thirty five bucks. I bought that and then about, then that, a little later on in that summer, I bought, um, a friend of mine was getting, he said, I'm going to sell my acoustic. I don't want to play guitar no more. And he was one of the guys I went to the Stones concert with that I lost. So he, and he bought a guitar right after the Stones concert because he was going to be. And then I bought his acoustic guitar, which I still have, not that one, but I have in my house. Right. And um, I bought that from him and for a hundred bucks. It was a, an Ibanez acoustic guitar. Oh. Yeah. They're pretty good. Guitar. Yeah, they are. They're nice. Yeah. So um, that's my, uh, I have all my kids, like when I, I've been playing this is, I mean, my whole life and all my kids at one point, they, I have them put a sticker on there, something that means something that they were into. So on the guitar, on the guitar. So like when stickers. you, you know, when they're tall, you put a thing, a mark, yeah, it's kind yeah. of like your version of that. Right. So I got <laughs> stickers. So my 28 year old, I'm like, yeah, you remember when you put this? This clown sticker on my guitar. <laughs> uh, so, um, what what guitars do you like now that you play? What are, what are your favorite ones? Um, your style. It, you know, it really depends on I I depends really on the music on, on the feel of the guitar. Uh, I have to I have to play the guitar. Like I can't buy a matter. guitar online. Right. I got to go feel and touch Sam and hear it. Right. You have to hear it. You know what I mean? But you never know. I mean. I was always like, uh, thought Martin's was the, Martin was the, that was the go-to. Everybody needs to have that blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then, and they do sound great. Don't get me wrong. They're fantastic guitars. I strummed the Taylor one day. I was like, what the heck is this? What? Taylor, you always thought that was like. You never, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was like a, somebody, a, a wannabe Martin. Right. But then when I played it, I was like, this thing sounds fantastic. Yeah, they're better. Even these tackle mines, they're on Oh, uh, they're good. Yeah, they do sound good. Yeah. Yeah. Because people are saying, well, I want to play a Strat or I want to play. The Les Paul, and I'm not, you know, yeah. there's particular sound. There are, yeah. I mean, if, if you're going for, like you said, that's that's a good point too. If you're if you're looking for a certain sound, like there's a time like I live, I like the Strat sound. I like that punch, and I like that that right. twang. It's like a Pete Townsend or something, you know? Did he yeah. play like a Strat? Or he did. Yeah, he plays a Strat. Yeah. Right. So and Kelly and and, and, the, the, and the Les Paul is like the standard. That's the rock, so yeah. More like a rhythm in a way, right? Yeah. Yes. But Hendrix played, you know, the Fenders. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. The only problem with the Fenders though, they're so they're so noisy. Yeah. When you plug them in, they're, eh, you got that sixty cycle hum thing going. Still, I was never good at controlling. Yeah, you, I mean, so that's why that's why I uh, opted. I actually have. We we're talking about that. Your Epiphone. I got an Epiphone Les Paul like that, and um, I yeah. have. I actually have two pickups in it and they're two they're from they're from a 59 last pull the two pickups really? and i know this because there was a um i had them tested they, they do something electronically that they can tell that that was them 
Yeah. There's like a pole. I don't, I don't know nothing about electronics. I had a guy do it for me because when I first bought them, I said, this can't be real. But um, there was a bazooki shop up on Rising Sun Avenue. The guy made these Greek guitars. And I went to the store one day. And store, and I said, do you have any guitar pickups for an electric guitar? He goes, I don't, I haven't made that electric, I've dealt with electric guitars in years. And right. he says, but I might have something. And he goes back and he pulls out these shoe boxes full of these pickups. Oh. So I'm going through them and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I see this. Um, so then it was, I, I actually knew what equipment was. I'm like, oh, it's a demon, a screaming demon. This is the margin. It's a good pick. I'll take that. And I'm looking, I pick this one pick up, I flip it over. Oh. It's a PAF. I see this, this, the number on the bottom. I'm like, oh my God, like vintage. This is, yeah. I think this is one of them. This is like finding the holy grail. Right. So I grab, I'm like, I'm like, even like shaking. I'm like, <sighs> I put that thing down. I'm like, oh my God, there's no way. And I keep looking. And I'm going through, and I'm like, and I keep looking at that, like not even paying half mind. Then I pull another one out. I'm like, oh my god, two gets better. I found three. Right. I found three, and these, and these, there was three shoe boxes of pickups. I found three, two right. and one, one and another. And um, so I pull six out and I put them down on the table, and I say to the guy, "What do you want for?" <laughs> I said, "How much do you want for these pickups?" He goes, uh, uh, "Give me a." He had a Greek accent. Uh, "Give me a. Uh, give me about forty bucks a piece." Give me forty bucks a piece for them. I said, um, I said, let me go down to the the ATM machine in the block. So right. I didn't have that much money in me. So I go down there, I get the money, I come up back, and something says to me, You can't do this to this guy. <laughs> they're worth even more. They're worth way more. They're worth probably at the time, they're probably worth about they're worth around fourteen hundred bucks a piece now. Now so, yeah, so back then they're worth probably about six hundred bucks a piece. Really? For yeah. a pickup you for yeah. that pickup, yeah. And I was like, Ooh. So I went back and I said to the guys, listen, oh, I, I gotta be honest with you. I'm like, these three pickups are probably worth 40 bucks. I said, these three pickups are probably worth a lot more than 40 bucks. He goes, how much you mean? I said, a whole lot more than 40 bucks. And he said, I said, and I told him, I said, probably about 10 times the amount. I didn't, I was what? assuming. And he goes, <laughs> really? He goes, I take that out of a guy's guitar. He bought that. He, he said, he told me it was uh, in 1960. The guy bought them. 60? <laughs> bought them. That's, that's why I'm thinking it's, so that's when I started thinking they got, they got to be 59s or 60s. Okay. Because it's a, or maybe older, I don't know, but it couldn't have been that much older because they didn't start putting them in until after, I think, 58 when they first started putting right. them in there. So um, he said the guy bought in a guitar, had three pickups in it. He said he wanted them pulled out and he wanted to, he had three different pickups put in there. Right. And he took these. You know, they, And he never got rid of them and here you are. In, in, a, in a music store. I got the luck of the Irish sometimes, man. Sometimes I do. That was one of them. Right. He didn't even know what he had. It's like the Declaration of Independence of Music. <laughs> yeah, the, the best the, the the best part of the story was after I told him they're worth. He went, "You very honest, thank you." He goes, "Um, right." He says, "Uh, give me forty bucks a piece for them." <laughs> That's okay <laughs> for being honest. He rewarded you. Yeah, I gave him forty bucks a piece. He said, "Listen, I'm really gonna buy them other three pickups." I go, "Okay, just take them. You're good." That's a cool story. Yeah. Now, um, I have a 58 Fender. I want you to look at it later. So. Oh, wow. Nice. Now, it had a little bit of restoration, so that's going to mess up the value card, right? It depends. on. I was wondering what it would be worth. Cause Strats? Um, no, a Fender Amp. 58. Oh, oh. Oh, wow. Yeah, that could be worth some money. Yeah. I know I've seen it like $30,000, but that went the ones that are all beat up and haven't been touched. Yeah. But um, if you, like do anything to it it can like cut it in half sometimes so i'm not really sure you might have an idea yeah it's i don't just, values on things like that i don't even know anymore it's got to be worth yeah. you know something i have seen oh, ones like that but they're all beat up and they're like and they're there's like 30 grand or something where'd you find that at 
this guy sold it to me, John Drock, who was in this group called The Circles. I remember The Circles, sure. You know. I actually played with The Circles. No way. Yeah, and they're little, they're, and they're, uh, they had a place right down on Longshore Street, off of State Road, right behind a bar. It was a building, a small building. They played in there. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, he was teaching me guitar. Not played out with them. I would go down there and jam with them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they were good. Yeah, well, yeah they guys. used to play with, like, Brewery Review. Yeah, they did. They maybe, did. like, Slider. I forget. Yeah, there was another group they toured with called Relayer. I don't know if you remember them. No. Guys. They, they were only a group for maybe a year, but they were fantastic. So he sells it. He's teaching me guitars. Hey, you want this amp? Yeah, well, I need one. Like, I think maybe 200 bucks or 150 But this like, in the 80s. So I didn't know what it was, you know? It's, he just needed money, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't care. And back in the 80s, nobody was really... People were actually discarding that equipment because Marshall, right? The, the, you know, JCM eight hundred. Everybody needed that. Like if we knew now, you know, what oh, we know God. that there's Ooh. a market for collectible or vintage. Oh man, we'd be rich, right? We would be. Yeah, <laughs> we would be. So go back and buy a bunch of the tubes, Grimmer TS eight hundred eights, the originals. They're selling them online for like six, seven hundred bucks. No way. I, I you probably had one. like drawers full of them somewhere. Oh, I bought one in nineteen eighty for uh. 50 bucks. I think it was 50 bucks I paid at Cynthia Oli's music store. Cynthia Oli, are they still around? He is. He's still, he's, he's got a small shop up in um, Burrell Home Park. Right oh. by Burrell Home Park, Central Avenue, right there. He's right, right down that avenue. Cynthia used to be, we're over here. Um, he was on Oxford Bowl? Circle, right up the Oxford Circle. Yeah. yeah. That was like the go-to place oh, like, yeah. at the time. He was the dude. So, um, also, uh, now you play mostly rhythm, or do you, you play lead too? Right? I've seen you play. I yeah, you know, I used to be, um, uh, uh, you know, not bragging or nothing, but I used to be a great lead player. But okay. Then, um, just just started, fell away. Yeah, from it. you kind of move. You, you stop playing as much. I mean, I can still play lead. Sure. But I, I mean, I used to be like really like. What playing your scales every day? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I used to be religious about all that. Like I like. Your you know, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, I fly up and down. Right. The I mean, sweep and pick, the sweep pick and play. Oh, yeah, you probably do that, the sweep picking. Yeah, I mean, I can't do that no more. <laughs> no, why not? <laughs> Just one, one day. Get back into it. Right? Yeah, you sh I should, I should. I mean, I used to do, uh, God, I used to play like all the, I, I used to do a, a Led Zeppelin show with my my cousin Johnny, my cousin Johnny played bass. Yeah, yeah. I did a Led Zeppelin show. I did all, I did all them leads. I did all that stuff. You did all that heartbreaker. Yeah, yeah all that. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah, you yeah, do that? I did. Dun, dun. I did yeah. That is a great break. Yeah, it is. That's you one of my favorites. That one. Yeah. He like bends that. it from the back. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, whoa. I knew it note for note, but. Yeah, that's only. a good one. So, like, um, what was the actual first band you were in then? Um, well, I guess, like I said, the first band with, with that, that I was with, uh, I mean, we were in a little, we were, I mean, not just we these, uh, called, um, you know, stitches and things, but yeah. I mean, you're like, oh, uh, the band, we started this one band called Indecent Exposure. Oh, really? That's a good name. Right? Yeah, that was okay. our name. <laughs> okay. And, uh, we did a lot with that. And then, um, that kind of dissolved. Right. And then, uh, I was just playing with other bands. It was really like, I, a lot of times a band would just hire me to come in and play with them. And I did like even Tycone Noise. They just, I'm not, we don't, I don't go to practice uh, or nothing like practice, that. You just no. say, hey, I know this song and can you. Right, yeah. And then sometimes you see I have a little iPad there and 
It's on their side. Oh, for the lyrics? For them, for the chords, their chord charts. So they oh, can follow is that me. what people do nowadays? I see them like looking and. You can, yeah. Like they I hardly have, know the song. It sounds like. Yeah. Like on my, I have a couple iPads, and I can set an iPad on every, and I can once I punch my song name that I want, it shows up on theirs. And, and it's like a piece of sheet music oh, yeah, or right a chord chart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, okay, it comes here. I'll try to. And, and then they hit scroll, and that scrolls the song up, so they can just keep playing without. Then they have. They also have these other things where you air air page turns or something like that. You can yeah. just, just tap a paddle and it flips the page on the really? iPad. Yeah. Mm. You don't. You don't need. But you need two music. Everything is in one thing. Yeah. Technology is wonderful, but it's also disastrous when that thing goes down. Oh, you don't know the song, and then you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. So what? that was that. And then um, played a couple other bands. Then I got into this band. Um, then the drummer that I was in Indecent Exposure with calls me up and says, hey, you want to be a singer in the band, in this band? And I said, like, okay. He's like, I'm in this band called, they didn't have a name yet. So I said, okay, I'll come. And then that's when I met um, a Adam, AJ Slick. Yeah. Wait. AJ Slick, which one? AJ, him, you know AJ Slick? No. Oh, he's like actually, if you see him, he's he plays all around. He's big too. Really? Yeah, him, him. He's just as big as the comp in the area. He does like a um, Stevie Ray Vaughan show and oh, really? Fantastic guitar player. I yeah. Like Stevie Ray Vaughan. So he calls me up. We get into that band. Then we wind up naming the band Fifty Six Seventy. Six Seventy. Yeah, I don't know. What what really does that mean? Well, the name came because uh, Kenny the drummer. And the bass player, Craig, these two guys, they get into a fist fight in this garage we're at. We're on Rising Sun Avenue. And they're beating each other up. Like this, which is actually common in the band, by the way. Just, <laughs> there's always two guys that just want to kick each other's ass. I don't know what the whole thing is, but it always happens. It never right. fails. They're fighting each other, and they break, they bust through, they go through the garage door. Now I'm thinking to myself, you know, we're going to pay this guy out of this door. And they're laying <laughs> on the ground. And then just Adam goes out and breaks it up, breaks the fight up. And, Across the street, because the building's still there. I actually drove by, I was uh, going there to pick my son up at his friend's house, and the building's still there, and the numbers on the building says 5670. That's how he named the band. As okay. stupid as that is. It was fake. Yeah, it was, that's stupid. <laughs> but then, um, that was a good band. We toured all over the Philly for a long time. We're done sure. I mean, um, for about a year that stayed together, and then that kind of. So, how was that touring? Um, was it pretty rigorous or like? Grinding or nah, nah, because like none of us had jobs. We, we weren't, uh, none of us decided we decided we, this is what we were going to do. So, yeah. yeah, so I mean, we would, you know, when you're young, it's you didn't make any you know, money, but just like kind of we did, we did wow, that, really? was, that was the other thing, yeah, yeah, we were getting paid, yeah, back then. And back then, was, that's it, unusual, right? <laughs> uh, and, and then places would book us up for like they'd book us uh Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we'd be booked at the same place for three days and like. That would be like two thousand bucks they would give us for that, and so like we were splitting it up. Yeah, yeah it was doing, doing pretty good back then. What's that worth? That's great. yeah, it was a lot. That was like our we didn't need a job. Yeah. Nowadays, I mean, can you get that? I mean, <laughs> nah, nah, not really. <laughs> no, it should so, improve. It's really weird. Places don't pay no more. Why wouldn't they pay? I don't know. You know, it, it's it's getting a little bit better because um, to be honest, I guess you know, and then in the late eighties. Early nineties. Yeah. Well, DJs are getting bigger now, so the bands are getting phased out. And then all of a sudden, um, I you know I'm learning all these riffs and playing like as, right. as like I the best I can to be Van Halen, you know. Like, and then grunge. And grunge shows. Uh oh. We don't that's it. it. It's and that's so funny. Hard. I actually heard uh, I heard um I heard Nirvana on a college radio station. 
about two years prior to them coming out. And when I heard them, I thought, I like it. I mean, I said, they're awful, but there's right. something there. Right. Like I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, we're hearing the recording. I'm like, the guy's guitar's not even in tune. It's just really weird, but, but I like it. Right. You know what I mean? And, um, I told my buddy, I said, this, this could, this could be something. We were, we were driving down the shore one night in the car and I heard it on the college radio station. We heard that. And it's like, before they were even known. Yeah. They're like punk rock. They'll never, they'll never come mainstream. Yeah. Boom. Boom. They're like the biggest <laughs> thing since sliced bread. Then I was in, um, we were in other bands and, um, there was a band that I was, uh, that I knew they were called Abolished, and they were like real heavy, they were heavy metal. They did all, I mean, all original heavy metal. Oh, okay. And then a couple other uh, original bands. And we went to the big Philadelphia Music Conference. This is like 1991, I guess it was, in that area, 92. Yeah. And the first thing we're being told is, do not label your band or your music as heavy metal, it's out. Really? And yeah, the lawyers came to us, or like the managers. Right. And they were like, uh, they were saying, just be, don't, you, you got to call yourself alternative. I'm like, they already we're knows. heavy metal. We're not alternative. Alternative is a whole different type of music. Yeah. So um, that was it. That was all. And then I actually left, stopped playing for probably about five years. And so that's because there, you couldn't get work. Cause really? I didn't play that type of music. I mean, it there wasn't was no metalheads left. Or they, they, were, they, they were there. They all, went, they all went on the ground. And then um, I guess around 1999, I went to this uh, studio. I mean, I started, I was playing after that. I started, I picked back up around 1996. I started playing again. So, um, and I go to this studio on State Road, I forget the name of what it was called, Wild Studios. That was the name of it. And I'm hearing this band, I'm hearing, oh. I'm like, what the hell's happening? I said, dude, something's possessed <laughs> by the damn devil. That was the next big thing. That was that, that uh, black metal or uh, that um, emo kind of. Mixed That's with no, I mean, you might it might be black metal, yeah, or death it, metal, so, yeah, whatever that was. I mean, it, the whole it's song good. was. I didn't even know what he was saying. Right, I was like, "Is that a love song?" I asked him. <laughs> so you were thinking, "Do I have to do this now?" That's what I started thinking. Yeah. So um, that's when I just started going back. I said, "I'm going to start just playing out covers because I see Michael Accompi out there playing just his piano." And playing acoustic guitar, right. solo thing, I thought, well, I, I could probably do that and give it a shot. You know what I mean? Do that. Yeah. And I just thought, you don't have to worry about people. I don't have to worry about two guys kicking each other's ass all the time live on right. stage and none of that. You know what I mean? I said, give myself a little bit of a break. And I started doing that. And then that's, I've been playing solo probably since then, but on and off with bands too. So, um, so that is now the thing acoustic shows are kind of in now, like you're saying, or have they always been? You know? There's always been like a, a niche, a little niche audience where they would do that, but it did become a little bit more popular. I think. Maybe it was yeah. a folk thing back then, but um, yeah, now, it was the, the unplugged MTV unplugged thing. Oh yeah, kind of make it made it a little bit more popular. I think so. Um, and, it's, and it's more. I think it's um, it's more challenging because you don't have nobody to fall back on. You you kind of out there on your own. Anything goes wrong. You, it's your fault. <laughs> it's your fault, and you look like an idiot, but maybe people won't notice they've been drinking a lot. Yeah. That's, well, actually, in the bars, it is. When I do the other place, when I play, like, uh, nursing homes like this. Oh, wait. We can talk about that, too. They're an attentive audience. They're, they watch you. You're like, that's it. And they know the songs, believe me. Okay, so now you're playing nursing homes. Who would ever thought this is the next niche? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, th that that came on by um, by accident. I was like, I was playing. I was starting to play. Like, I was playing about. Uh, I would say three or four shows a week at like like um, Karen's and Irish pubs and Italian restaurants and right. a couple places down the shore. A couple like um, things like that. And and I was just trying to. They were basically as a hobby, not thinking it would go anywhere bigger than that. I, I didn't right. have time for that. So yeah. um, back in April, this this woman calls me. She says, "I seen you play at uh, an Italian restaurant in Berlin, New Jersey, and you gave me your card." And I said, "Okay." I said, "She goes, I'm a musician too. I play out a lot, but I've gotten sick, and I think you'd be good for this gig. That I want you to do a gig for me, and right. I think you'd be great for this." And I said, "Okay, what is it?" And she said, "It's it's nursing. It's a nursing home." And I was like, "And you're like." Your jaw drops. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> hit the brakes. Like, okay, I said, uh, she goes, um, sometimes they can be a pretty tough audience. I like, because they, you know, they're they got to lose. You know what I mean? Okay. So I was like, okay, you with their cane or something? No, yeah, right? yeah. So throw throw things at me. So um, I said, okay, I'll take the gig. And um, then she goes, well, don't you want to know what you get paid? And I said, you get paid? You get paid for these things? And she said, she said, yes, I've, I've made a living for the last 17 years. Playing 17 her. years? She goes, that's all I do. I was like, please tell me you're kidding. She goes, no, I have an agent. She goes, I, I'm, she goes, I do 250 shows a year. 250? Yeah. I was like, touring? <laughs> well, it's sort of like, she goes, and I do the same thing. You go Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania. Wait, do you do bingo night? Is that how it works? You're like, the, yeah, yeah. You're the opening act. <laughs> no, I usually do it like, uh, most of my... Most of my shows are around two or three in the afternoon, right before their dinner. Before they have taken a nap, or they're, you know, it's after they woke up from their nap, probably. They don't last long. Bro. Yeah, well, that's that's that's, you know, um, that's that's when you know you're. Uh, they keep you humble. Right. When you guys in there going this, right in front of you, you're like, hey, I got this guy. <laughs> right. So, what kind of music do they really kind of go for? <laughs> well, when I did that, I thought, I, you know, music's always been. Therapeutic to me, right. it's it's really has. I mean, I think if if I didn't have music, I probably wouldn't be alive. It actually, I, I believe it saved me really because I was. I mean, there was I wasn't going in a good direction if I didn't well, find okay. that. So um, I found music and um, and I was you know get I was involved with other things, doing things I probably shouldn't have been doing. And then I thought I can't I can't play while I'm out of it like this. Right. And I, I can't do this, and I want to play more. Right. So the reason why I stopped doing the other the other things was because I wanted to play better than right. my People desire to play you better. play better when you're like that, but nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, when you record yourself or listen back the next day, who was yeah. in my, who broke into my house and was playing my guitar? <laughs> <laughs> he sucks. Right. <laughs> but, um, so this, when I do the, uh, so uh, since it's therapeutic to me, I thought, well, what can I do it in these nursing homes? So I, I devised, I put a plan together. I said, let me, I researched their age. Yeah. I researched who they were listening to when they were teenagers. Uh -huh. And I, and then I thought, well, what I want to do, I want to put together this little weird thing where I want to bring them down a memory lane, but I want to, yeah. not in a row, like I want to jump it here, jump it back, just because um, some of these Build people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Since, well, some of them are like dementia, but they remember, uh, but they remember the song, the song, they start singing the songs and they don't, it's, that's, that's really fantastic that's when I see that. So then I, I did it where they'd remember their, when they were kids, remember when they were like, around in their 20s where, so, where music meant something to them. Are we coming from the 60s up? Oh, no, no, like they're, they're, 50s. Yeah, 50s. Like Chuck little, Berry little, or something? Yeah, a little <laughs> touch of some of the 40s too because some of the oh. people are in the 90s. So you got so to kind of... are in the 40s? Like Frank Sinatra? Yeah, I do like some Sinatra stuff like that. Oh, on so. the guitar. It's... Yeah. You know, and tra I use tracks too so I have 
full oh. band tracks too. So my play guitar with it. Oh, there's like a, a background thing. I do sometimes. I have a track where there's no. I take the guitars out. Like I have custom made tracks. Oh, so, so you might have like a jazz thing in the back or a big band. Well, well, from the not, 40s? No. well no, I have the drums. The drums. Yeah, the drums, the bass. The okay, drums. that there's way. There's a sax part. I can have that put in there too. Oh right, everything's got to be timed, I guess. It is. Yeah. Well, yeah. A lot of times, um, once you hear it, a lot of times I I wear um a little earbud with a click track in, so I'm hearing. Oh really? I know and you the are the only one that hears it. I'm the only one hearing it, right? Oh yeah, that's that's perfect. Yeah, so they don't hear it and it just goes click, in. Click, click, one, two, three, yeah. go. Yeah, the one guy says, Man, you have perfect timing. I said, Thank you. I was I didn't want to tell like <laughs> it's I don't have perfect timing. But so um and then, you know, it's it's I put this plan together and it seems to really it's really, really good. Um, I mean, getting I like think, standing ovations and all that. You do. I really do. It's really weird from these old people. And then you go in. I mean, not that not that old people don't give standing ovations, but you go in. And sometimes they're like all oh, kind of they're all depressed. And, yeah. And at the end, they're up dancing they're and they're energized. walkers. And I'm like, this is oh yeah. So um, it works out good. I I learn. And the good thing is, I can throw in some of the songs, classic songs that I know, because I also learn songs that they would have heard their kids listening to when they were raising oh, kids. Oh, right. So you got another genre you can throw in there. Maybe stuff they hated even. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did. I, I, I subjected to them again. Ozzy. I bring back that uh, <laughs> hatred again. Now, I think that with them, I, like, I'll go up to the Beatles. Um, yeah, Beatles. Van Morrison. Like, they'd remember, oh, like, Brown. Yeah. They'd remember hearing that song because they were huge hits. Cat Stevens. Yeah, stuff like that they, heard, that they definitely heard their kids playing. So... I mean, there's a lot out there. I mean, that stuff still even today is Beatles. Oh, yeah, yeah. So how how long do you play in a nursing home? Is it two hours? Or I know, I do one hour. One hour or out. Show. That's it. Yeah, they, they don't last if they're not already asleep. On oh, damn. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, they're actually they're actually by the end they're actually pretty pumped up, and um, it works out because after I do it, like a lot of times. I don't know why other, I guess other people are doing this too. I just really thought about, I want to put this plan together, but afterwards they come up and they give me, like I did a show, uh, to, I did uh, five shows this week. Two of the shows right after I was done, came up and gave me four more shows. The one that gave me five more shows the rest of the year. So I came up to like 175 shows this year. Get the hell out of here. And I only, want, I only want it in to be like, I don't know, maybe a two a week. That was my whole goal. And two now you're weeks. like a professional um, senior. Yeah, nursing home. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm a, I'm an old person. They're leading the charge. People don't even know about this. Yeah. I go on, I mess with them. I go on, I say, you know why? I said, I love this place. Every time I said, you know why I love this place? They're like, why? Like, every time I come here, it's a different crowd. <laughs> they start laughing. They're like, ah, you're pretty funny. <laughs> now, people are probably waiting to get into that nursing home just to see you. How's that? There's <laughs> like a list. Oh, man. So, and this pays pretty good. Oh, what yeah. you're telling me, it's like, uh, somebody can, somebody could do it. You can do a, a living off of it. In fact, I'm you're thinking I'm of doing it that way. Yeah, once that's going to be the plan. Really? So, I mean, so we're not going to see you anymore out and about. Oh no! I still, <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going to still do this. Or this is I love. That's I love playing bars and the bar thing. So I love them. You're going to be very busy. It sounds like I should be. Hopefully, we'll see. Because yeah, the, the, the nursing homes are during the day. It's beautiful. Oh right, it actually works yeah. out. You can like go jump from each thing. Yeah. Go the night, and you say you don't. You only sleep three hours a day. Well, tell us about that. Now that's kind of weird. It's, it's it's weird, but that's that's how 
that's my body's always been that way. You know what I mean? And you're not tired or exhausted because I couldn't do it. Now there are times if I get bored, like like uh, like at my job because it's the same thing, just on both. Repetitive. Yeah, I'm thinking. Then you start getting tired because oh, because you're doing something that's not your brain is not me. being you know utilized. Yeah, I'm not being entertained. I, I like being entertained. So, um, and I you know that's how I, I think of things to entertain myself. You know, comedy things and. Comedy things. things. There's a lot going on in there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stupid. I think of a lot of stupid stuff. Uh, now, so what do you do? Like the rest of the world is asleep. What are you doing in the middle of the night or something? Or do you like work lots of hours in your other job? Nah, oh, no, no. That's one thing. I, I made it a point. I I don't work. I don't. I won't work past eight hours. That's it. I'm, right. You're not an overtime person. No, like no me. not at I'm all. Work, I'm working tons of overtime. Are you really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know money's good but you know the life sometimes yeah, right? right exactly and i have five kids so i have to be um you have to be that's you know you don't want to miss it nah kind of nah I, enjoy, I really enjoyed my kids i mean i was able to make all their you know dances and all their little things that they father did. daughter dance or father things whatever. like that yeah yeah, yeah you know did all that softball game or whatever no, I, dance still have, recital, I still have a little one i have one from 28 down to six so uh, when my six-year-old graduates, I'll be like in a wheelchair or something. Now, how many kids do you have? Five. 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 Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. We'll be getting to... Now, did it... Well, we'll get to that one later, but... um. So, um, Nick, you went to Drexel University or something, I read. Did you graduate? I didn't. No. Uh, no. Actually, I had a... When I graduated high school, I had a full-paid scholarship to Temple University. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Went down the shore, got into a band, and never came home. Oh. <laughs> I think you made the right decision. Right? I tell my kids, I said, you know, uh, a bunch of the guys I was really good friends with in high school, I said, three of them are lawyers, two of them are doctors. I became a rock star. Moral story, don't become a rock star. Don't become a rock star. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you go to a, what is this, Strata? Did you learn? Oh, Strata this? Studios, yeah. Well, I, I became, kind of stuff, well, when I went there, it was recording, it was recording engineering. So, and, okay. and at the time when I went there, um, I don't know if there was a, there's a, I don't know if there was a jazz bass player, his name is Gerald Beasley. Okay. He's, he's really famous. He's huge in Europe and Japan. He's like a god. And I was in the class, me and him were together. So I started, that's when I started getting a little interested in jazz. Oh, um, like I thought, and then I started, and he's like, "How do you know all that stuff?" And I said, "That's what I learned when I started." Learned my chops. Yeah. So um, I went there, and, I, and back then, digital recording was just coming into its own. Okay. And you didn't like it was it was a project to get it. You used beta tape. Remember beta? Yeah. You used a beta tape. That was your what you recorded on back then to track on these beta tapes because there was no like. There was no digital machines. This is like the Beatles, how they multi-track. Almost, yeah, yeah. Right. This is this is like uh, I guess it was eighty. This was just before about eighty-seven, eighty-eight. We were doing that. I was in well, well, I was in there from from eighty-eight till about ninety. I was in the school from, and then um, oh, really? and I got a recording. Uh, I got an engineer degree, but you know, if you don't keep up with that stuff, you become obsolete. It's like it keeps going up. Now during you know that time, I was actually um. Gerald says, hey, you got to start coming to this place start playing with me. It's, it's called Dobbs on South Street. I don't know where Dobbs is. Oh, J.C. Dobbs. Yeah, it was J.C. Dobbs. And so I said, okay, I go down there and um, I started playing. It's funny you mentioned Baru Review. Baru Review. So I go in there. There's this guy, Greg Davis. He plays Greg Davis, first. I know him. Yeah, well, that's... I can tell you a story about him. One one night, we 
went to the concert. We were oh, on shore and we were like partying all night, but that's another thing. He's a great guy. He's a he's a fun dude. So yeah. I get up there, I start playing, and he goes, Hey, well, you you're pretty good. So it's Greg Davis. So we started bringing every Tuesday. I was going down there and playing the open mic with the last minute really? band band. I know George Manny, George Manny the drummer. Was it John Lilly? And John then Lilly? was he? Yeah, he was in the Hooters, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, and then this guy Wally, do you know the keyboard player? There was a keyboard player. For a review? No, no, he, no. Was, he came in off the street one night. Okay. And him and Greg are still touring together, like still do all over the place together. Wally came in, nobody knew who he was, and Greg's like, well, how are you? You play good? He was like, I play okay. And he's like, the dude was like, like fantastic. Come on. I was like, come on, dude. Right. <laughs> it's like when somebody says, I shoot okay pool, and then they hustle a howdy, you know what I mean? You feel right. like you just got hustled, this dude. Is that good? Okay. So, um, so that, I, I was playing with them for a couple of years down there. Yeah. That, oh yeah, Greg Davis. Is yeah. he still? He's still playing. He's still playing. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. So long ago. Yeah. To this day, to me, he's probably one of the best guitar players I've ever seen play. I was going to ask you about that. His yeah. creativity, live on at the moment. Improv. You like uh, he would play, and I would get chills sometimes. I'm like, wow. Like he just, you heard something just come out that you know was not heard anywhere on earth ever. Right. He has his own style. Until just now. Yeah. That, like, I just heard it. I heard this. You know what I mean? So it's like, that was the, that's the best part about live music when things like that happen. You're like, wow. Right. That's insane. That happened with a couple other things too because my, you know, um, you know, my daughter, she worked with Quincy Jones and this and that. So I, oh, okay. So I met, I mean, we, I know Quincy well now. We, you do? Yeah, we, when we go out there, we, kind of go to his house and stay if you don't go there oh, wow. so um we'll be getting into that later okay? yeah <laughs> but he gave me um these out pieces I, I said i love rmb i love aretha franklin music because i got something for you and then a couple of days later he gives me these uh, these cds these recordings and there he had his assistant record them for me so i go in and i take him home it's aretha franklin in the studio just rehearsing outtakes and all yeah and i'm telling you you sit like i'm listening to some of this music and you start getting the chills and you start crying. You're like, oh, my God. Because yeah. you're hearing the magic. You know, it, that's it. Because it was live. It was just, it was there on the moment. Right. And then later on, when they go to reproduce it, they kind of catch it. But you don't really. You know, I think while yeah. a lot of the songs from the 50s and the 60s and 70s were hits, is because they recorded live. They caught the right. magic. Right, those sign sessions, like with Elvis. Is, you yeah. Know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah. And they, and they catch the music. They catch the magic right there on tape. Okay. You know what I mean? And this was, you know. There's Aretha's doing this one song, You're All I Need to Get By, You're All I Need. And it's just her and a piano player. And you can't, I just can't believe it. You're like, Because you hear, it's, it's just being formed right there. It's like watching something form in front of you. It's like, that's how freaked out it is. It's... Wow, Aretha Franklin is not with us anymore, is it? Nah, nah, she's not. Oh, do you still have these tapes? or I do, yeah, CDs? yeah, I still have CDs. Yeah, yeah, it might be worth something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's go. Well, let's talk about your daughter is Bianca Ryan. Yes. Who won America's Most Talent when she was only um, 11, right? Yeah, so, yeah, it was America's Got Talent. That's what America's Got Talent. AGT. Right. She was 11 um, years old. Yeah. 11 years old. So take us back. Tell us a story of how she even got on that show. Well, you know, she was, a, she was, I put her, none of my kids were really, I, I was not really steering them towards music because I knew it was kind of, it's a rough life. So, uh, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know they really had, I, I had Bianca was in the church choir. So she sung like, nah. but sometimes I'd see her 
push kids away and grab the microphone. I think something's <laughs> something. I said she's a bully. <laughs> she's, right. so, she's a music bully. She wants the like she wants the part. Right. She wants the big parts. But she never sang big. She would just sing like. But then she'd make all these faces and do a whole. I'm like these kids like an actor, man. Okay. So I actually thought. Um, you know, maybe I'm getting her into acting. So I put her as a little kid. She's about ten. I put her in an acting school just to see where oh. I might notice and that. And uh, she had fun, but I don't think it was her. You know, it was kind of her bag, but I don't think she was really into it. So, um, but musically, I didn't know she could sing until um, you know she was in an interview. She did an audition, and then I somebody told me they were asking me who's her vocal coach, and I was like, "You're kidding me, man!" Right? <laughs> and they're like, "No." And then I heard her sing. I was like, "Wow, she's pretty good." So. Couple, that's that was a uh, that was for a star a, sh a show called Star Search. Oh right. Yeah, them producers they, and I thought wow. And McMahon wasn't that? Well, at the time it was uh, Arsenio Hall. Oh, uh, Yeah, it, it, okay. it, it, it didn't last too long. Okay. And nothing really came out of that show, but um. Right. So then, um, 2006. It was April 2006. Um, my mother, you know, my uh, my mother-in-law's Japanese. My wife's half Japanese. My kids oh. are a quarter Japanese. So okay. Um, Bianca's a quarter Japanese. Okay. So my mother-in-law says there's this blend of rice that comes in once a year and it's in New York and, and it's, it's a Japanese store and she wants me to pick this rice up for her. And I said, okay, we'll go up and get it. And I told my kids, I told my wife, so we'll go up this weekend. And uh, or actually, I think it was a Friday because it, it, it was a weekday. And um, I said, I'll take Bianca and my, my son, Sean. My old, well, he's, Bianca was 11 at the time. He was around... 13. So let's go up and we'll get, we'll go get the rice and we'll have some fun in New York. Like right. Manhattan, we'll see this. So while we're up there, we're doing that. And then we're driving down this one, we're driving down the street, we're going through it. And Bianca was like, Oh my God, look at that line. There was like a line of people. Yeah. She, look, she, was, she had the previous um, experience in acting. So she knew like Something's going calls on. and cattle calls or whatever right. they call these things. She goes, that looks like a, a cattle call. I'm like, what's a cattle call? She goes, They're lining up the audition for like a commercial or a movie or something. All right. She goes, can I go over and, in, and audition for the movie. I said, okay, let's get, we'll get the rice first and we'll come back. Right. I said, it should be fun. So we got, the rice came back. And the, by this time, the line was kind of diminished. There wasn't many people in there. So we get in there, we wait a little bit. She gets up in there and um, uh, that's, uh, I go up, well, when I get there, when I first get there, it's just, there's this girl with a beard and she's juggling swords. Really? And there's okay. this other guy wearing wings, like dressed like an angel. He's around nine foot tall, built like, a, I'm like, Heck is this? <laughs> like I'm thinking, I said, "Oh my God!" I'm thinking the Gong Show. You ever? Get the, oh, okay. I'm going back there. I'm like, this might not be the show we want to get on. Okay. So I said, "Let me go ask the guys at the front what the show is about." And I asked him, I said, "What is this? What is this show?" He goes, "It's called America's Got Talent." And I said, "Well, what is it?" Because I see there's guys down there. I told him, "Get the girl with the beard and all. What's all? What's all this?" Right. And he goes, "Oh no, no." He goes, "No, that's we're, it's a variety show. We're gonna have everything." And um. Okay. I see. I said, "Well." My, do you, are kids allowed? She goes, yeah, kids are allowed to try out, no problem. So I put my kids, I put my two kids in. My son went in there, did magic for them, did all this really? and that. Okay. Yeah, that was kind of fun. And then um, Bianca, this is, this is where things get really crazy. Bianca goes in, right. with, we're all there, and she sings. And by the time she's done, there's like there's five people at a desk that are watching. Like they're all behind this desk here in front. And like the two guys are, right. two guys are crying. I'm like, this is pretty good. They they really liked her. Oh, like, this is pretty interesting. So um, so while we're there, they're talking. They're saying, "What you know? Where? What have you done?" Like they're thinking she's. We have this big history. We don't have no history. We're just right. 
chemical rice. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and there's like, we don't have no fit formal training at the time, although she was going to a vocal coach at the time. I, oh. Yeah, after I found that she could sing, I said, well, I better bring her down there. But, um, and it's funny because um, when we went to this audition, she was going to tap dance because she's actually, she was like a national tap dancer. She was really? fantastic. I was a little baby. Oh my God. She was. I don't need, we don't even know about this. No, crazy. She was this crazy little tap dancer. Nuts. You'd yeah. see her. She's like, I used to think, wow, man, if, if there was a career in this, she like was. Like that Shirley Temple of. Oh yeah, probably <laughs> something like that. So, um, even with that time at the audition, I, I asked, do you have dancers? So they're, they're like, um, no, we're not going to have dancers. We're, we're looking for like, uh, um, like a, um, or a Vegas show, like a, okay. something job. I don't think I don't know. variety. Yeah, show, like thing. that. But and I and I said they weren't really. They said they were. They weren't looking for a dancer. I said, okay, okay. no problem. I just asked, you know. And I went back and I said, they're not. They're not going to. Um, they don't have dance. I, I don't think they're looking for a dancer because I want to ask what you're looking for. And um, she was, well, I'll sing a song. Then so didn't sing a song. That's, okay. that's what we did. So she went and she sang this song and like freaked them all out. But now we're at the, now we're at the interview and. Like I said, they, the two guys are crying. I'm like, oh, this is this is pretty good. This is a good time, I think. Right? Yeah, this is something's happening. Then the then there's a, um, the one girl's uh, phone cell phone ring. She's talking. She's like, oh my god, now you're kidding me. And I'm not. I'm kind of half paying attention to her because I'm listening to these guys talking to her. But this girl's like, like something happened. Sounds like something happened. You know, like right. that. You get alerted and like um, something's happening. But um, and then she goes, she hangs the phone. She goes, Bianca. Oh no, she kept the phone was stolen. She's Bianca. Are you from Philadelphia? She says, Yeah, I'm from Philadelphia. She goes, We did this little tiny show called the Tom Joyner Show a year before, where she just sang on this little right. This show it was nothing. It was not a it wasn't a bit it was it was like 13 seasons of not even on TV, national TV. It was on like Philadelphia? Um no, it was like California. Oh. Something weird. Really? Yeah, it was it was strange. Like we went out there and we did the that was one. So uh Okay. She goes, did you ever sing on a show called Tom Joyner? And she doesn't even remember. She looks at me, she goes, did I ever? I'm like, yeah, we did that like a year ago. I remember we went to California and we did that show. Okay. And she's oh, yeah, yeah, I did that. And she goes, this is really freaky. She, the girl said, um, the producer from, of, the, of America's Got Talent just got handed a video of you singing on that show. They were calling me in New York to call to find you in Philadelphia, to bring you up right here for here. audition, you're standing right in this room. Oh, it's like that <laughs> synchronicity. It was so, and then I, I actually thought, you know, some people are, there's just, it's fake. There's things just meant to be. Right. And, and I thought, I don't know what's happening here. But How like, could this happen at the exact moment? It was really, it was really crazy. I was even like, I, I didn't say that nobody at the time, but I was thinking, this, this is something's wrong you know this like, is nuts yeah, everything lined up it did it did and so um you know they put her on the show and then we went to california did the show that whole i guess that summer it was the summer is it what how did they do it in like a month like, oh no you, you go you fly out and you, you'll do like you get a week you go out there and you're gonna sing okay so um you sing and um or whatever you whatever your talent was whatever they were doing sure and then you if you win you already know you won because the show is recorded and then and then it gets live towards the end. So they bring you back out again. You keep going back. About three weeks later, because you now you gotta because now you come back for the semifinals. Okay, but how many times do you do you so have to three. Actually, it's three, three, times, three times. And yeah. they edit everything and then play. The, it. And the third one is the finale, which is live. It's all live. 
Oh, and that's live, and yeah. then people vote or something. They do vote at that time, yeah. So, um, she got on that show, did that, won the first one. They said to come back, semifinals, the semifinals, and I was picking her songs. I was trying to think of this thing. So, well, okay. first she went out. She did this R and B song that she loved, um, uh, Jennifer Holiday thing. So, uh, I mean, I knew Jennifer Holiday. I actually, um. Uh, you know, we met her a few times and I had, she signed albums for me. Oh God, back in the eighties. And, um, when she was doing, um, the song dream girls, there were that Broadway show. Oh yeah. And, and was, I am telling you that big voice dream thing. I'm not going. She was fantastic. When she sings, she did like, you start crying and all the whole thing comes over you again. That kind of, right. she has that thing. So, um, and she signed these albums and, that's how Bianca discovered her. I had this album collection that I had people sign, like famous people that I met sign yeah. these things. And I said, you can listen to anything you want, but don't touch this apple. All right. <laughs> and what's the first thing your kid does when you tell about to do it? They touch That's the it. thing they go. And she started singing a song. I said, how, how do you know that song? Because that ain't on the radio. Right. Uh, I knew immediately she was in the uh, the album collection. Oh, wow. So uh, that's how, but it, I mean, it worked out great. She like, she said, that was I heard song. her voice, Dad. And I, and that voice was crazy good. I'm like, you're telling me. Like, it's funny. She has the same thing that I have when you hear something. Like, right. yes, that's something's there. The chills. Yeah, right. you get that the chill factor in the whole thing. So um, so she sung that song on the first the first show. And so, while everybody was like, whoa. It was nice. Yeah, it was. It was really. Um, and what's funny is about the show, and this is no secret for Simon Couch. She said it on The Champions. He said, um, you know, if it wasn't for Bianca, do, do, I don't know if you heard his, his statements. You know, no. He said, if it wasn't for you, Bianca, we won't be sitting here right now. There wouldn't be a second season of America's Got Talent. Right. And he said that. And the reason for that is really when the show first came on, premiered, um, they had like 12 to 15 million viewers the first show. Yeah. The next show was like half of that. The third week, it was like almost done. And I, they, I was told that they were told that they were going to be canceled after the fifth week. They were going to be done basically by the yeah. network. Bianca shows up on the fourth, the fourth week, sings, and her nobody's watching at this time because now that nobody's they think the show you know is I guess sucks you would say would right. you know I don't mean to be offensive to anybody but that's what people I guess the then this video of her you know um, at that at that time there it went she sung live and the crowd went crazy it was a whole different weird R and I was even like right. even I was even like what the hell is that I never I've never seen that before that what she's doing there so um and we came out and there were guys coming out of sound rooms from yelling out windows like oh my god the one guy said i have the flu and thank god i didn't call out today because i would have missed that and either like and i thought this is really like strange but then this video goes viral okay. overnight millions and millions and millions of views by the end of the week there's 40 million views of this video the fifth week the, the the viewers viewership of America's Got Talent goes over what they did the first week now because right. people are waiting for this kid to come on. Right, <laughs> they got it. <laughs> so they got they didn't get canceled. They kept going and it got better. You know what I mean? And Sami Cow really contributed to her to her performance. It's it was really yeah yeah it happened. So that's that's. When he said that on the champions, on the champions, that's what he meant. That's what he was saying. You know, I I heard that. You know, the manager that took us over was friends with Simon Cowan. He said, you know, she actually saved the show. And I was like, I didn't know what he meant by that. She had so many votes; it was really weird. Yeah. 
Um, the day of the finale, they pulled me into an office and they say, how much do you know about the internet? I'm like, I have, I have AOL. Okay. I have an email <laughs> account. I'm like, I, you know, I said, I, I don't know how to, I, like, I, I, you know, it was pretty fairly new then. I mean, at the time I, I had Napster. I was pirating a couple songs. Napster. <laughs> <laughs> I was pirating a few songs, nothing big. So here's what, I don't know what they even mean. That, what, how do you know your daughter won? I'm like, I don't know my daughter won. I said, did she win? Because they already had that. They're like, no, no, we were not saying that. Like, how would you know? I'm like, I wouldn't know. How would I know? Right. You know, unless you tell me. They're like, okay, don't, don't worry about it. We just, we just wanted to ask you something. It was really a weird, yeah. it's a very weird meeting. And I thought, what the heck is that all about? Yeah. I had no idea. So I thought somebody must have told them that I found something out. And because like, some of these, like when you're in this business, some of these people are vicious. They're, they're, it's so weird. Like it's, it's, there's some vicious people that want to make it so big. They want to make it so bad, make it big or whatever. They don't, they do anything. I mean, I've seen people like with their kids telling the kids, oh, don't you talk to that kid, that kid, like these, these right. auditions. I said, little kids, let them play. I don't, what the heck is, you know, right. it's really weird. But, um, mother. Exactly. I met them too. Yeah, I met them. So, um, um, she, so she, this, this whole thing goes through and then I find out later on, they, the, the guy, his name's Peter Rudge. Now, Peter Rudge managed, Leonard Skinner, he managed the Stones, he managed oh. the Who, and now he's managed for my daughter. So that was, that was Simon, when she first won the show, Simon assigned us a manager. So that was him. And um, he said, yeah, mate, he's from, he's from England too. He goes, uh, he goes, it was, he said, that, that thing was a competition to second place. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, he says, she, he said, um, the votes that they get on America's Got Talent and the, I mean, American Idol on the other he goes, she got triple the votes that anybody else ever got. That's why they thought I had some kind of connection with the internet. Like uh, I, I fixed that something. You fixed it. Like you hacked into <laughs> the system. I was like, I had, but then later on they realized it was real. She had this many votes. She had that many votes and. Uh, it was a landslide. It was, it was. And then I found out also after that, that the nine runners up that Bianca was going against, every single one of them were professionals. They all did that for a living. Theodore did it for a living. The harmonica player had shows in Branson, Missouri and Vegas already. Yeah. Kid, all these people had Broadway shows or Vegas shows or Branson, Missouri shows. And she was uh, the only one coming in with like cold, with like nothing. Yeah, whatever you got. Kid. And we, yeah. They're going to say beginner's luck. No. <laughs> yeah, so the, I guess it was. It could have been. I said, luck of the Irish, Bianca, or the Japanese, with everyone going to go with it. Japanese. So. Oh, you were telling me this story about you went to some party or something and you met some oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. rock stars or something. Yeah, a couple. I met one. Um, I guess a couple, you would say. We were at this, um, we were at a show and uh, this guy comes up to us afterwards and we're in the lobby and he says, are you, are you Bianca Ryan? And the guy said, and like, I was young. And um, he says, I'm, I forget what his name was. He wrote Wicked. The show Wicked, the Broadway show. Oh, um, really? That's his name. So, or he said he produced it, whatever. Okay. I, I, he wrote it. He was something with the production of the whole thing okay. at the beginning. Right. So he says, um, I'm having a party at my house and, uh, you know, and you're invited and here's the address and this and that. And I said, okay. So, um. This is in England? Oh, no, no. This is in New York. You're oh, in New, New York. York. Okay. So, um, I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then we go away. And I just, you know, so many nuts that you don't really know. So I called this girl who I know would know. And I said, 
here's the guy's name. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head now. It's really weird. And she said, well, let me, let me make a call. And, call and then she calls me back. She goes, now it's legitimate. He's, it's, you know, it's, it's real. You go to the party. It's really, it's really happening. Okay. So I said, all right. So we go to this uh, apartment complex and you get into this elevator and the elevator goes up. You know, it opens up the floors. Well, this one goes up. You got to call up and they punch in a code and it brings you up to, I guess you're close to the top or maybe at the top. I don't even know. And the doors open up and you're in the guy's house. As soon as the doors open up, like you're walking in. I mean, it's like a, a vestibule and then two double doors, but there's like no hallways. This is the whole, this is his house, the whole top of his floor, whatever this is. So we go in, I open up the, the door, and when I open the door, the first guy I see is Mickey Dolan's from the Monkees. I'm like, oh, oh God, wow, that's Mickey <laughs> Dolan's from the Monkees, I'm pretty sure. And I'm looking like, yeah, it's him. And then um, and my daughter's beyond says, who's Mickey Dolan's? I'm like, don't worry about that. <laughs> I'll tell you later. All, a lot of these celebrities Before you met. Before your time. Shit, no, I do half of them. Okay. All these people were meeting. So um, she goes, okay, I'm going to go over and talk to the guy who invited her. I say, okay, I'll, you know, I'll go over and you go over and talk now talk to Mickey Dolan's. I'm talking to Mickey Dolan's. I'm talking about other things. He's actually tell, he tells me that he gets his haircut down here in like actually around here. Um, Philadelphia? Yeah. Outside of Philadelphia, the suburb. He said like, um, oh. I think like he comes <laughs> down here and he knows somebody that he's always knew his whole life from Conchahokan. And here's where he comes and he gets his haircut. <laughs> he's got to go across the country to get a haircut. Right? Uh, well, he lives in New York. Oh, he lives okay. in New York. So um, he's in California. No, okay. he, yeah, he might have a couple, he might have a place there too. Right. He basically lives there. And so we're talking, we're having a little bit, good, nice guy, very down-to-earth dude. And then I see this old guy, because the couches, there's couches, and they're like in a, in a semicircle kind of, like block, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and I'm, see, there's a couch that's facing that way, and the guy's sitting like, so I'm seeing the back, and his, his hair's all disheveled and gray, and, right. and he gets up, and he turns around and starts walking, he's walking like, like this old guy walk. Crotchety or something. Yeah, yeah. So then I look at him, I'm like, oh my God. Jimmy Page, oh, and, I, and I'm thinking, <laughs> no that, way. That's um, that's what I'm thinking. Like, no way. I said, um, Nicky Dolan's. I said, hey, Nicky. I said, is is that Jimmy Page? And he says, yeah. What's left of him? <laughs> oh no, poor Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> then he came by. Jimmy came walking towards me, and I said, hey, Jim, how you doing? He went, ah, what a man. <laughs> like, hi. And just and then left. Like, just left. Just walked out the door. That was it. it was just so. Um, that was my uh. Brief encounter with Jimmy Page. Encounter, <laughs> people always wanted to meet him, uh, and you did. So I don't know. Yeah, it was a. I got a grunt from him. That was pretty good. Anyone else there? Uh, do you remember? At that party, nah. nah. But that's pretty good. I mean, there were probably uh, the one guy. There was a famous. Um, my daughter knew his name. His name was Robert Evan. He was a famous Broadway singer. Okay. And I didn't know who he was. Bianca knew all them. Oh, she know. knows all these like. Oh, uh, uh, she knows. Yeah, she knew all that back then. She knew all the Broadway guys. And did she used to do like plays and stuff when she was a kid or no? She did a couple. Um, one of her uh, first auditions was uh, after all this happened. Like after the Amer I mean, after the Star Search thing, that's when I realized she could sing. I thought, well, maybe I should start putting her in some things. And, right. Show. And then um, she wanted to do Broadway. I said, well, let me bring her up to um. Because I didn't know nothing about that circle. That's a whole different world, man. Yeah. I mean, I never even went to a Broadway show even up to that date. I didn't know. Okay. You know, I thought that's what rich people do. I didn't. We're not rich. So, uh, Some people do it. Yeah, I guess. Well, I found that out later on. But in my mind, my mom always told me, no, no, you, that's, that's for rich people. Because I would so, Because I wanted, as a kid, I wanted, well, I wasn't a kid. I was a little, yeah, I guess I was still a kid. I, I asked my mom, 
I want to go see that show Fiddler on the Roof. They kept showing the commercials on TV. I'm like, I'll go see it. It looks right. fun. Nah, you can't do that. That's for, that's for rich people. That's rich people go. No. So like, All right. So, uh, so, th- so I brought her up to this. I found this audition for Annie. And I thought, that's would be oh. fun. Let's go up and do this in New York. And, and I said, well, go up. You talk to the kids. This is when I found out about stage moms. I had no idea how this existed. Right. I said, you talk to the kids. I'll talk to the parents. And we'll figure out how this whole thing works. And maybe start getting involved in these things. More, you know, more things you want to do. Because that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to be involved in acting. Right. Said, All right. So um, we'll do that. So we get up there. The guy, uh, Martin Sharnan, who wrote Annie, is auditioning people. I don't know who Martin Charnin is from a can of paint, man. Right. I, don't, I don't know him. He's, but he's huge. And the moms and all, like, they're swooning over this guy. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know who he is. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like just, I said, just go in there. Whatever they tell you to do, do it. They tell you to dance. You know you already got the dance part down. It's, she's, a, she's a sick tapper. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm nuts. She'd like, it was like watching, it was like watching somebody just floating across the floor. Just like, <laughs> she's just a weird dancer. So, um. We go in there, she goes, this is on a Friday. We get a call back, come back on Monday because she passed the audition for that one. We go back on Monday. Then they say, okay, we're going to come back again on Wednesday. And in the meantime, we starts off with about probably 800 kids are in the room. Then it gets weeded down. Like when we go back Monday, maybe there's like 200, maybe, I don't know. Wednesday, there's a hundred left, a little bit less maybe. And then Friday, they call us back up and there's me. It's Bianca and these two other girls. I'm like, oh, I'm thinking to myself, I, this is, I said, you did pretty good. I don't this know how this it. happened. This <laughs> you know, your chance. No formal training, no nothing like that. I said, I don't know how this happened. So we get there. Martin Charney comes out. He's, and he says, I, I want to congratulate you guys. You guys made this bar and right. blah, blah, blah. And um, he says, um, I'd like to have your, um, I'd like to have your kids in my show. And I was like, oh, God, I'm thinking, all right, I don't know nothing about this yet. And I said, what part? I said, what part are we doing? And he goes, oh, she's my Annie. I was really? like, oh my God. And like, and I said, well, and he told me you have to tour. It's a tour. You're going to tour and you're going to, I got a full-time job. I got my other kid and this right. kid. I'm like, I can't, I can't go on tour with her. You know what I mean? I, and I'm not going to go anywhere without What's me. It pay? No, okay. <laughs> oh, it does pay good. They did pay good. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, for her, it would have been pretty good. No. So, um. We got back at discuss with my wife. I said, we really can't. Um, so, in, in fact, that's when, and then Star Search called us up. Right after. Yeah, at, at that time. Because we already passed the auditions for Star Search. Oh. Or, or we already did the auditions for Star Search. So that's when I found that you could sing. But they never, that's it. You did the audition, you don't know nothing. And that was a couple weeks before this. She wasn't on the show or nothing. That she did the audition. That's when I found that she could sing. So now we did this thing for Martin Charn and this anything. And then right. after he picks her, I'm like, I can't. And she was devastated. No, she doesn't. Oh, she didn't. I don't tell her yet. You didn't tell her. <laughs> and Star Search calls me up. Uh, we want her on the show, but we need a commitment from you for this date to this date. What do we do? And right. so I said, okay, this is going to run. So that was only going out there for like a day here, coming back another day. So I said, okay, this is kind of, I want to call up Martin myself and say, hey, and tell, explain the situation and see what he thinks. I said, if he, I said, well, I'm, I want to play it by ear to hear what he sounds like. I said, Martin, listen, you know, we're honored that you picked her, this and that. Well, I said, but we just got a call from um, Star Search and they want to put her on that show. And, but they need a commitment from us. And it happens to run into the commitment that you want that they, over, overlaps the dates. And he was such a nice guy. He says, listen to me, Sean. He goes, you get, you get an opportunity to be on national TV exposure. That's where you go. 
Oh, goes, really? Yeah. He didn't say, oh, you no. think this is a better gig? No. No, he said, but please, you know, just keep us in mind. He goes, I'd like to see her again next oh. year. I want to see her again. And blah, blah, blah. You know, so he really wanted her. So, um, well, that's good. You know, like plan B and, um, you know, it kind of came to the exact time. It worked out. Yeah. To help you out. I got out of there very gracefully. I got out of that one because I thought, I want to piss this dude off. This is the guy who wrote Andy. <laughs> and like now we see it worked out. It did. Better. Even. It did. It did. Because yeah. she got on Star Search. And that was a debacle in a way. It was really weird. Yeah. She's on there. She's supposed to sing a song. She's going to sing a Celine Dion song. Big song. Wow. Big, big song. And she sings, she sings it great. They tell us the day before she's not allowed to sing that song because the other girl is going to sing a Celine Dion song. Oh, really? And uh, I said, okay, we can pick another one. They're like, no, we've already picked one for you. What? They picked the song out. They okay. pick out, um, well, they have this to is the moment. This is, that song, This is the Moment. It's a guy song. I said, that's a guy song. They're like, I know, but they want her to sing that song. Oh, do the female version. Like, <laughs> so thank God, like, because look, I, I do it like musical training. So I sat down, I wrote, I, I, I started cutting tracks on my computer. I had the computer, you know, I had a laptop with them, cutting tracks and um, changed the key. I got her voice. I said, let me hear your voice. Let me hear your voice. Let me hear your voice. Blah, 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 blah. Got her key. We put, I put a, an arrangement down because I, I did all her arrangements. The arrangements you hear, there, there's a science behind that. And that it has, you have to go in. You have to give them everything you got in 90 seconds see, but, or, or less. So they have to hear everything you got. You got to move them within the first few seconds or you lost them. So you got to have where you catch them immediately within the first seven to 10 seconds. And then once you catch them, then you can string them along a little bit and then win them over by the end. Like that's the big one. That's when you have to go for something. So I put this song together. She went out there. I gave it to uh, his name is Ricky Minor. He he was the band leader for uh, for American Idol and a bunch oh, of other places. So I said, "Here's the arrangement." And his band learned it that way. She went out. She sang it. She killed it. She killed it. Did really good. And um, but the other girl who they gave the Celine Dion song to winds up getting more points. Oh. But <laughs> you know, um, but there was something really weird about that because after they put Bianca's points up. There was the judges. There was a couple of judges there. One was Naomi Judd. Uh, I forget whose other oh, guy right. it was. And then, um, but they were all like, when they seen the scores, they were all like, no, no. Like I seen them shaking their head. I didn't know what that was all about. Naomi Judd came after the show and said, honey, you were supposed to win that. What? She goes, we have no idea what went wrong, but live TV, if you don't contest it before the first commercial break, it's, it's done. So it was kind of oh, a weird thing. Oh yeah, it was a weird thing. But, it worked out really well. Like you're saying how things worked out. Well, that girl wanted the other girl that won went ahead and they moved her head and moved and she won the planet. She okay. won, she that won one. the whole Well, she won for the kids section. There was like there was different levels and you had the adults, the adult singers, the kid, kid singers, kid dancers, adult dancers. So they had different um categories, I guess. And she won the kids singing category, that girl. Oh, okay. And um I said she won like a hundred thousand bucks. Oh wow. So then when Bianca won, I said, You want a million. So I think you probably did a little bit better. I'm just saying. <laughs> Where is this kid today, actually? Yeah, I don't know. This winner. Right? So, let's get back to you. But they, they were very interesting stories. So, where do you see yourself in, like, five years? What do you think? You're going to just be doing these... Um, yeah, shady, shady, uh, shady... What's that called? Shady Acres? Shady Acres. 
Shady Acres. Uh, <laughs> Barnacle Boy, Mermaid Man's going to be there. Rock star to the uh, over 65. Generation. Yeah, yeah, right. You can have your, you know, your own following. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you. Touring nursing homes. There's people got money a lot of them. No, I, I don't know. even know. Yeah, you know, a lot of them do. It costs big money to live in something. Well, yeah, they probably give it all to them. <laughs> the real nicer, the real nicer ones. It's it's big money. But now, nah, five years from now, I'm definitely going to be playing. It's right, but it's in your blood. You know? Right, but you know, you keep developing and you know, finding new avenues, so you never have to retire. Really, that's the best part about this is that you're right. It just keeps progressing. It keeps, things keep adding on to themselves. You, know, you can never learn enough until they pull the pick out of your hand. Yeah, or something. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. This kind of things. Um. So I mean, well, who, now you yourself have, have you played with anybody super famous? Uh, I have. Yeah, it's 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 um. Besides Greg Davis or someone. <laughs> but but I have. I played um, you know, with being with Quincy, I'd be at his house oh, and yeah. other musicians would come over. So Quincy Jones. Yeah, so I played. I've actually played with Herbie Hancock. Okay. At wow. Quincy's house, I played with um. James Ingram, he's the one that I yeah. did my best, but I guess my best wasn't good. Oh, yeah, no. that song. I always sing that. Someone says yeah. to me, hey, what happened? That's what I say to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I played with him. Um, oh, God, who else did I play with? Uh, Michael McDonald. For, uh, oh, right, from the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, yeah. We were oh, in, a, in cool. an event in New York. I was backstage and nothing live, but... um. That's another story. When we were, when I was there with Michael McDonald, Bianca was actually going to open up for him. It was a Sony event. Oh, this and, was um, recently? Or oh no, this was years ago. This years was, ago, about two thousand eight, two thousand seven. Oh, like this that. was just after a. Yeah, it was after she won. Yeah, after she won. Okay. So she's in the dressing room, and um, he's out there singing, you know, and uh, Michael McDonald's singing. He sounds great. I'm like he sounds good. Right. So we go out. You know, I was like, I want to see this guy. I want to see him. I said, come on, because she loves great singers, too. So we go out, and he's not singing now. He's standing on stage kind of, like, working with things. And she goes, where's he at? I said, right there. She goes, no, not the black guy. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that is the black guy. <laughs> she goes, I said, that's him. That's how he sounds like. He's uh, so soulful. She uh, thought she was hearing a black guy sing. Okay. And it was Michael McDonald's. His voice is so soulful that, you know, she's a kid. She's looking for this. Soulful black guy that right. she's heard. Yeah, I said, no, that's him. That's that's that black guy, the guy with the white beard. <laughs> so that was a funny like that. Right. That's. Cool. But I mean, I met. Oh. I met a lot of. I met. Um. I. You know, we talked about Ron. What I met Ron Wood. Oh, Ron Wood. I met Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr. Yeah. Well, I, we were. She was recording in um, in Sony Studios in New York. Okay. And. Word had gotten out that I was a big Stones fan because I mean I named her after Bianca Jagger. Oh, I I don't even know this. Probably no one knows this. Oh yeah, oh yeah, this is, this is known. I named okay. her after Bianca Jagger. I named my daughter, my other daughter, her middle name's Jade after Jade Jagger. I named him Jagger after Mick Jagger. Oh, I thought it meant Jagermeister. No, no, no. <laughs> so I did all this, and so um, they come the one this guy um, uh, Jay Jay Landers, I think his name was. He was big with Sony. He was just, you know, you're a big, we heard they're a big Stones fan and they're going to do it. They're doing a tribute to Jerry Lee Lewis in this room. It's like closed session. 
Okay. But they have tables set up, making it look like it's kind of like a co- like like a cocktail kind of bar, and they made right. it look like that. Pre-party. And then, then right. on the stage, on stage, and he finds out. I said, oh yeah, they said um, there's a possibility Mick Jagger might come to this thing because their their offers were out to come do this tribute to Jerry Lee Lewis, who also was there. So I walk in, Jerry Lee Lewis is playing the piano. You know what I mean? Oh. And I look yeah. on stage, Ron Woods playing one of the guitars. I'm like, oh. I look back, I'm like. God, Ringo Starr's on the drums. I'm like, I'm the, and this this one guy. I didn't know his name, but I knew he was a famous bass player in blues. I'm like, I know that dude's face. I'm like, these people are all famous. So um, I'm next to this one kid. I'm like, I'm like a little, I'm like a girl in high school now. I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, yo, do you know who that is on the drums? He, he says, yeah, it's my uncle. I was like, my oh uncle. my god, I'm like, never mind, dude. I'm gonna take it easy now. I don't call security. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> So um, afterwards, they came off. I talked to Ron Wood for a few minutes. Nice guy. I met his kid. Talked to his kid. Um, yeah, n- nice. You know, I, I shook uh, Ringo's hand. Said, "Hey, how you doing?" You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a pretty nice guy. Yeah, they were all nice. With him. Yeah. Um, so I met a few of them. Met Prince. Prince. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah we met him. Um, he invited her. Um, we're in California, and uh, we're doing a show out there. And I get a phone call at the hotel saying. But this girl calls him and says, Prince wants to meet your daughter. I'm like, Prince who? Prince, not... Prince of? That's what I'm thinking. Prince who? I'm like, come on. Like, I'm thinking I'm being punk. And she's okay. Prince. I'm like, the, Prince. The artist formerly known as Prince. I said, Prince. <laughs> I said, come on. She said, no, I'm his drummer. And I'm, I, I, I didn't know he had a girl drummer. I'm thinking, this is a girl. I'm, thinking, I'm first. I'm thinking I'm being spooked. She, Sheila E? No, this was, I don't know. But this was somebody was different. It, that used to be his drummer. Yeah. I forget what the girl's name was. So anyway, I know this girl who was pretty connected in California. I said, um, her name was Sharon, Sharon Nash. She said, Sharon, can you find out about this? What is, is this real? So she calls up the phone. She goes, yeah, it's real. She goes, and, um, you know, they want you there at a certain time. You're invited. She goes, and uh, I invited myself, too. I said, it's great. We're all invited. <laughs> so uh, Sharon was a great person. She's a great person. So um, we show up there, and uh, it was, there was only about 200 people were in this little hotel lobby. Uh, Tommy Lee from Motley uh, Crue's there. Motley Crue. Yeah, he's there, and um, Chris Rock was there, and Chris Rock. Oh, really? That's a bunch cool. of different like people, I guess, that Prince invited. Okay. And so we go there, and that's when um, he Prince comes really late. First, is all his bodyguards are coming in, and they're like, "Every put put the cameras away. You know, we take some pictures. If we, if, if we see a flash, we think so. We're smashing the camera. phone <laughs> because apparently he's he was involved with um a religion that they don't believe in taking pictures of themselves. It's really oh, something weird. Yeah, it was a weird thing. Okay. So I was like, okay. I said, don't. I said to my daughter, I'm like, get the phone. Please don't pull it up. These guys could kick my ass easily. Okay, dude. So, <laughs> so, uh, he, so he comes in. He's, he gets there late. I mean, he does start a show till like 10 at night. He's supposed to start at 8. Right. That's what I hear. That's what he does. That's that's Prince. So he comes in and sees a lot of people. Comes over and he says, talks, he says um, I heard a lot about your daughter. He's like, you sound great. You sound wonderful. Blah, 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 blah. And then I, I met him too. I was like, hey, don't. He goes, oh, you're the I saw her father. He goes, he was um, it's something like, it's something weird. He said like good stock or something like that. And I didn't know whether he, what that meant. I guess it meant she was, because that's my kid. I had her, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe and, musicians uh, in the family or something. Don't you mean? Or, I don't know. He said like that. He said, that's, he said, from good stock. Yeah, he said like, he said, that's good well, stock. Well, that is a family kind so of So I meant, did he mean stock? Like, Money stock, like stock market. No, no. Like, I know uh, you mean, yeah, then I thought maybe like stock, like did it, she came from 
she came from a good place, like a uh, uh, heritage or something. Yeah, something like that. Or, yeah. You know. So um, so I, I met him there, and that was that was kind of cool. You know what I mean? What's he like? Is he a little guy? He was a little. He was, guy. he was little. Yeah, he was really. I mean, Bianca's probably about five two, right. and he was smaller than her. No way. Yeah, and he was, I and, never. And he was wearing heels. <laughs> he wears like heels. Do you know? It's really funny. After I thought about it. That's I think that's what that's was the cause of where it, it all started from. His hip, like he had his hip replaced. Oh yeah, because he was doing those flips and jumping on stage. With wearing them heels and it made oh, his, and it made right. his hips go bad. You think that too? It had to be because you're you're up on your you're, you're not on your flat you're not on your feet. Yeah. So, so he's probably I mean I'm thinking that had probably something to do with that. You know what I mean? And then he started doing painkillers okay. and that was it because up until then he was clean. You know, Prince lived a clean clean life. Right. He was not in the nothing nuts. I mean. Yeah. He was pretty healthy. Yeah, dude. he was kind of, well, yeah, he was like that spiritual guy. I guess yeah, so yeah. No body is a temple kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, I mean, you've met a lot of people. So, for your daughter, so I have, pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, how did you get together with these guys, Tacconi Noise? You've been going, like, you've been playing a long time? Yeah, well, you know, the bass player is my cousin. So me and my oh. cousin, we've been playing, we've been playing for years. For years, yeah, since we were kids. So, um, and then, um, you know, Wally, the drummer, like back in the the oh. '60s and the '70s, Wally was like the, the premier drummer back then. He was the dude to go to. Yeah. Um, Wally was uh, knew these guys, and they're the band called the American Dream. And they were huge back in the '60s. They were like nationally known. They're from Philly. They were from our from that county, and um, they had a, a song called "You Can't Get to Heaven" on the Frankfurt L. Oh yeah, someone told me that the mat her the manager. What's her name? The girl with the dark hair. So that guy, Pat. the Hendrix guy. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Eddie Lambert and Patty. You're talking about Patty. Patty yeah. was telling me about that song, and I'm like, I don't know if I know that song. I didn't even know. If, I guess because that was not my era. They were more psychedelic is what their uh, music was. But that song wasn't psychedelic, but the rest of the album, if I, if I listened to it, it's all psychedelic kind of that thing. Weird. So, yeah. So, um, now Wally knew them guys, and then he knew, and uh, their, the bass player from that group was picked up by um, Foghat. He's, he's there. Oh, yeah. And, I know uh, the guy from Foghat just died or something. Oh, uh, yeah. He's at Foghat's Cancer Center. That's like another story. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> no, he was. It's probably, it might be the same dude because he's from Philly. Really? Yeah, the guy was from Maybe Philly. Maybe it was him because they, they were saying a guy from Foreigner and like, no, because there's only one original member from Foreigner now. Yeah, they're all. So it can't be him because I just saw him. But anyway. Yeah. So yeah, it might have been him who you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know his name either. But, but Wally was in big in the circle then. So, um, and then um, Marty Ahern was the other guitar player. He's fantastic. Okay. I mean, I try to, I want him to shed more because, like, I've heard him play. That guy can play, but he's so modest. He just sits back. So, right. and that's how we got into Tack on Your Noise. We started, um, it started with the benefit. They said, hey, do you want to start? We're doing this benefit. Do you want to come down and play? So, yeah, let's play. And then they started, we started getting booked at shows after that benefit because people seen this at this benefit. Right. So now we started getting, and then it's, this went on from there. So, that was about. How long ago was that? Um, Tack on Your Noise probably started, I would say, Six years ago, seven years ago. Six years ago. Yeah. But you guys never rehearse. You just kind of show up and say, hey, I know this song, and uh, yeah. let's do this. And then guys, are, they're such great musicians. They can follow along. So once you start playing, they just, 
it's the song's in there. It's done. That's pretty hard to do. I mean, but you, I guess, you've been playing so long, it's, and it comes natural to you. Just to well, that yeah. Once once I hear the key and I see, like I said, once you they, know the chords, what they will be. Once likely. I get to the second chord, I'm I know where I'm at. You know yeah. you're at, but you probably you're kind of the front man. You like kind of set the tone for the songs, don't you? A lot of times I will. Because you know the words. I think they have to go That's by you. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I know the words. They don't. You know what I mean? They know this. Like a lot of times, some they know the songs, but they don't know the words. So I said, okay, let me do that. And then a lot of times I'll yell over to Marty, play it, say, I know he knows the words to his songs, and I'll say, play that song, play that, you sing that. When I need it, like a little break, I'll, that helps. Right. Yeah. Right, so, I mean, you, you yourself, you, you know hundreds of songs, I guess, right? I, I know a lot of songs, yeah. And the words, which I think is like the hard part, remembering all that. Yeah. Well, I remember the words, like it's strange. Once I hear the song, not no more, as I'm getting older, but like, as I, in my, as a kid growing up, teenagers through my 20s and 30s, even through my 40s, when I hear a song, I remember the lyrics. Since I remember the lyrics. Cause, but when you I can remember if I'm cued through the recording, but then if you said, hey, sing the, or tell me the lyrics, I probably would mess it up, you know? Uh, yeah, but I'd yeah. mix the second verse with the third kind of thing. Yeah. But you, it's like, oh, it's kind of like in there somewhere. Yeah. When people ask me how you do it, it's really strange. And I never thought about that before. I only thought about it. I hear it as a story. Yeah. And the story goes in a chronological order to me. So when I hear it, my brain tells me that's the chronological order of that story. That's it. Right. So and if you it. get stuck, but then it's almost like playing, you're not even thinking about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm you not. don't have any little technique. Oh, well, here's the second verse. It's just kind of like natural. You, yeah, you just, can't do it that way. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, um, I don't know if it's photographic. I, I mean, it is. I do audience. see the words. I do when I'm singing them, but not. I don't see them. See them. I. They're. I don't. They're there. They, I see them. Right. But they're not. Yeah. You know. Right. Mm. So. We've been talking a lot here. So maybe, if you want to do a song now, because we, I think we covered a lot here. So. We can try a song. Try a song. Yeah. If you want to try a song? We could probably do that. All right. We'll try that. Let we have that. everything set up. I do. Let me just grab this, this acoustic part. So. You should play along, man. I should play? <laughs> They're easy. I was playing the Sweet Caroline. <laughs> you know that one. I do. What key do you do it in? Do you know um, Suspicious Minds by Elvis? Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> Know that one? Yeah, but if I mess up. Let's see if I can get it. We are recording. What key do you do on um, Sweet Caroline? Well, it's an A, but I know they came away on the second of the recording, but it's an A.
tons of capo. Are they? I'm not really good capoing it, but yeah. should you play it that way? Do you play it that way? I do. On the second? No, I actually capo it higher. Let me just see where I, I do it where, wow. where he does it. He does it in B. I thought he did it here. No. Now we're here. Oh, that's how we got back to it. Let me see how focused in. So, um, yeah, I'll show you. No, go to the uh, fourth. Oh, my God. And then you're going to play. That one, right? Yeah, do, do um, G to C. And then you go to the A, which is not A. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, um, no, you go to the A. So. Thank you. 
Like, 
The new radicals. Right? Wasn't that what they were called? The new radicals, something like that. But like, see, that's another example. I seen the age 14. I seen you see the things that are happening during the story. So yeah. Are you old school, man? What is that? Oh my sign today? No, no. Thank you. 
music card. I don't know if that's even the right chords. Did you, did you have to go through that piece by piece? To, to I like did. I, tra I was transposing because, like, these chords, some of these chords are like, like these, like them, uh, like this chord. I don't know what these chords are. And then uh, he goes, um, the ballpark was, um, has, um, um, Track of Freddie Mercury's voice. It's isolated. You hear the band in his headphones, bleeding through his headphones. Yeah. But it's his voice, it's him. And he's fantastic. There's he's in key. Like there's no there's no pitch correction back then. They didn't right. have none of that stuff. No. Yeah, Freddie was the dude. Good. Well, I guess I better let you go. Well, this has been very exciting. You why don't you play out something? Do you have anything of your own, or I mean, anything you want to do? No. No? Oh, that's just about it. Or do we have a request? If I do a reservation. There it is. I think it is a couple of weeks ago. Okay. I want something unsyncopated. Yeah, I'm going to 
So I keep rebuilding this one. Like you see, like pegs in here. I had to rebuild this bridge. Now my uh, this one here keeps going out of tune. Would it just tighten that? Probably, yeah. Or the inside, it could be the inside. The yeah, there's a little screw in there for the crank. So you might pull this cap off here, and there's a crank. There's like a um. On that last. Yeah, there's like a um. You have like a a gear. There's like a gear. Okay. And there's a screw in the middle of that gear, tighten that gear up. All right, then I'll have to tip for the day. That's a tip. That's your, that's your guitar tip for the day. I definitely need that one because playing in tune is important. Sometimes, some it depends on who you're playing with. Unless it's you're playing with. Unless if it's a grunge song. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right, that's good. That's good. Okay, so you want to take us out, or we're good. We're good. You can play. Um, what do you know? Do you know any uh, Nirvana? Oh my God. <laughs> no, it's all right. Oh yeah, that's it. I know. <laughs> no, okay, we're good. So, um, right, cool. is there anything you want to plug? Um, this might be here for years, so. Yeah. Um. Now yeah, I'll, I'll be coming to a, a a local nursing home near you someday. That's right. By the time you get there, yeah. it could be ten years from now. So. I'll see you though. He might be in the nursing home by the time you see him. <laughs> yeah, when Metallica becomes the music of the nursing home, I've no, I know I've, I know I've gone too far in life. <laughs> okay, so that's it. So uh, we were with Sean Ryan the whole time. We had a great time here. And um, thank you're you, always thank welcome you. back for uh, some more you. cool stories. And jamming. Jamming. So that's it from here. And we'll see you next time with the next episode.